You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It is 11 a.m. on a rainy Monday morning here in Tuscaloosa. I am Jacob Harrison, the uh, usual producer of Southern Fried Sports, filling in for the one and only Travis Ryer, right here on Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Just as you're heading from Tuscaloosa into Northport right there on uh, the left-hand side. Go on and check out Peterbrook Chocolatier. Uh, take advantage of uh, some of the deals they've got going on. I know there's plenty of uh, things going on after Father's Day. Excuse me on that. Now we won't have so many pops. Uh, had to get the little filter on the microphone. Anyway, uh, go check out Peterbrook Chocolatier, all the things that they've got going on uh, at 1530 McFarland Boulevard. If you want to call ahead and uh, set, set your order in, 205-752-0211. I am joined on the program today by our usual intern who hangs out with us on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, Mason Woods. And together, we will form the 60-Minute Men. Of sports talk radio mason what's going on dude well um i thought it might be a nice day until about 10 minutes ago when all this rain started so uh i mean we'll out, see. Of, out of nowhere <laughs> rko with this rain yeah uh, I mean, it's coming down out there now yeah certainly uh the tropical depression uh claudette uh in all seriousness did a lot of damage here in tuscaloosa uh if there's any information that you need uh, as far as uh, the water conservation uh, or help of any kind, uh, the Tuscaloosa Thread is the place to go, TuscaloosaThread.com. You can also download the app and uh, get the information that you need to uh, handle the situation that you are facing in light of the flooding that Tuscaloosa and Northport had to deal with over the weekend. All things considered, I, uh, I hope in spite of that, you were able to have a good Father's Day. And first of all, uh, condolences to the uh, the two people that were lost in Tuscaloosa, 24-year-old and his three-year-old son. Uh, yeah, condolences on that situation. Again, information on the Tuscaloosa thread. But again, hope you had a good Father's Day. I did with, with my three children as well. They all 
uh, made or bought me a card and signed it. And, you know, they're all just now learning how to write. So it was uh, adorably cute. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we chilled out. Uh, wife brought home some wings. We watched some movies and had a good time. Mason, Bobby, have either of you ever seen Zombieland 2 Double Tap? Yes. Is it better than the first one? Not better than the first one. It was still pretty funny, though. I got. I can't lie. I think I laughed more in the second one than I did in the first one. I was. I was very pleasantly surprised by how, how good it actually was. It was. It was pretty good. Pretty good. I also. We also watched uh, Silent Hill Revelation. Have you ever seen that, Mason? Yeah, the, I, I like. I like the Silent Hill movies. They're they're pretty good. I think the general consensus is that like a lot of people don't like them that much, but I'm a fan of them. Well, see, I've never gotten to play the games, but I understand what the games are about, and I know that they play into psychological horror a lot, which I thought was going to be really, really fun, and it was going to be great to watch that at night. And I already know all the monsters are terrifying looking, right? And uh, the, the, the monsters being terrifying was about the only part you, you kind of got out of that movie. It's hard to tap into the psychological horror. So Plus, yeah, it's, plus it's, the, the dialogue was very video gamey. Yeah, you know, from like 2002. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the thing with video games too. It's it's all it's definitely always going to be more scary in a video game because you're controlling it. True. You know, in a, right, in a yeah. movie, you're just watching what's unfolding in front of you, but a video game, you know, you're you're you feel like you're in control, and I feel like that really kind of adds another level to it. Right. That 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 helps you play into the the psychological side of it. All right. Well, we'll we'll finish up talking about the movies. We are deep into the off season though, so you know, all sorts of things are going on. Plus, it was Father's Day yesterday, and uh, you know, played a lot of video games too, as far as that goes too. We've been playing Fallout Four a lot. Been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, hopefully, you know. Ma- Actually, it would probably be a good time uh, later today for me and Mason to uh, talk about uh, the upcoming Madden NFL game and how some of the changes that that has taken on uh, could eventually impact that uh, that NCAA remake or, or, or reboot, I should say, that, that EA Sports is conjuring. Uh, today, we're going to talk a lot about the NIL situation and what the NCAA uh, had to face in the Supreme Court today. L- listen. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh served the NCAA its butt on a platter in his dissertation today. Uh, just, w- I'm going to get into a few of them here in just a minute. Some of the things that he said uh, in his final write-up. Now, a lot of what he said has to do with the NIL and doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the final outcome of today's briefings. Uh so more or less what today's briefing had to do with was uh, the Alston case, which has more to do with the NCAA not being able to stop schools and programs from giving student-athletes more in the way of educational items. So things such as laptops and, and you know, tablets, you know, things that can further assist education. Kind of blown away that that was already a thing. But, you know, on the other side of that, the the way that Kavanaugh really wrote his dissertation is something that, that can play a big role into what the NBA, the NCAA, excuse me, uh, what the NCAA is going to have to see and, and, and listen to as these hearings continue throughout the summer, because I mean, the NCAA is not out of hot water yet. They're still going to have to deal with the Supreme court 
in the coming weeks and months. Uh, and based off of what Kavanaugh had to tell uh, the NCAA, this is not shaping up well for the NCAA, NCAA, which, you know, for me, if you've listened to me fill in for Travis or Gary, or if you listen to my show off the edge Mondays and Fridays from seven to nine, or you hear me on Saturday morning showdowns, Saturdays from eight to 11 a.m., then you know that 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 I'm in favor of that. Like I I'm reading Kavanaugh's statements and and the Supreme Court's judgments, and I'm laughing. I think it's all absolutely hilarious what's happening to the NCAA because I feel like they deserve it. And I'll, I'll read one in a minute that I feel like can sway some opinions. Uh, because as as I've stated many many times, my feelings on this stem from a capitalistic society and the way that capitalism works is if you do something you get paid for it right i in layman's terms in in abs wow it is really raining outside uh please be careful if you're outside driving right now like the rain is is insane uh but when you really think and look look at it the NCAA has gotten away with free labor for a long long time and and even though they they pride themselves on this amateurism model they have still like shielded themselves and acted like they're a nonprofit when in reality, like they are generating so much money for everybody except for the athletes that provide the content for which the money is derived from. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Do want to remind you that you can call the Peter Brook chocolate to your hotline and join the show that way. Two Oh five, three, four, two, nine, nine, zero, four, whatever's on your mind. Uh, but we're going to stick, <clears throat> excuse me, primarily with the NIL and Supreme Court rulings from earlier today. So here's, uh, here's something from, uh, from Brett Kavanaugh's dissertation. In my view, that argument is circular and unpersuasive. The NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student-athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. Now, now here's a few examples of how that would, would look in other examples. All of the restaurants in a region cannot come together to, cook's wait, to cut cooks' wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat food from low-paid cooks. So in other words... Just because you like the idea of the players not being paid doesn't mean that it's okay for the NCAA to not pay its players. Law firms cannot conspire to cabin lawyers' uh, salaries in the name of providing legal services out of a love of the law. So just because players love the sport so much that they'd be willing to play the sport for free, as well as a scholarship and all the benefits that come with that, doesn't mean that that's the way it should be. Players say all the time in the pros, hey, I'd play for free. That doesn't mean they would actually do it since they're already getting a paycheck or that they would do it before they got their first paycheck. Hospitals cannot agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a purer form of helping the sick. News organizations, I love this one. News organizations cannot join forces to curtail pay to reporters to preserve a tradition of public-minded journalism. <laughs> they're, they're not going to stop paying Fox News to tell you the conservative ideals you want to hear, guy. They're, they ain't going to do it to MSNBC either or CNN or ain't none of them. 
because we went to school for journalism and we should be paid for it. These kids going to school for football and baseball and basketball and softball and swimming and track and field and cross country and what I did I miss any rowing, hockey, lacrosse, all of them. That's what they're going to school for. Many of these kids, many of these kids come from bad situations and they're and and many of them use the sport as a means to get to college many of those kids are not necessarily the guys that are going to the next level but you tell me why because a lot of this is going to help the 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 top tier athlete and i fully understand and acknowledge that because they deserve it because they have a better market value and that's how capitalism works but on the face of it, you tell me why those kids, the, the bottom tier level kids, the ones that, that, are, that barely make it into the FBS, have to go to the lowest group of five schools, or to those that have to go to the FCS schools, the bottom of the barrel FCS schools, Division two, Division three, you keep going? You tell me why those kids who maybe lack the athletic ability to, to get further on are also beholden to the same rules as, nope, you can't go work at Taco Bell over the summer, guy. Are you serious? Come on. A little bit more from uh, from Kavanaugh. Everyone agrees that the NCAA can require student-athletes to be enrolled students in good standing. Absolutely. You want to play ball? Do good in school. You are a student-athlete. This isn't changing. But the NCAA's business model of using unpaid student-athletes to generate billions of dollars in revenue for the colleges raises serious questions under the antitrust laws. But the NCAA's business model of using unpaid student athletes to generate billions of dollars in revenue for the colleges raises serious questions under the antitrust laws. I mean, does it get any more real than that? Outside of the Ivy League schools and outside of the best football programs in the country, and those that you know about because of their relevance to national collegiate sports. Do you realize how many universities are in this country that aren't good at football? And do you realize that as a sports fan, you struggle to name them because they don't play football? I can't name you every Ivy League school because there's the ones that aren't good at sports. <laughs> the, the ones that and also the ones that you know aren't historically famous you know but but on the on the face of it like that's how ridiculous like the impact of sport onto colleges and universities cannot be misunderstood do you know how many people come to tuscaloosa and enroll in the university of alabama because of the football program and not just those like me who came to cover the football program but because of the excellence because they went to Bryant Denny Stadium 
during their visit or during a period of time while they were deciding what school to go to, and they watched a football game, soaked in that environment, and said, I'm going to school here. It's a lot. The impact of sport is not irrelevant to the success of any one college or university. In particular, again from Kavanaugh, it is highly questionable whether the NCAA and its member colleagues can justify not paying student-athletes a fair share of the revenues on the circular theory that the defining characteristics of college sports is that the colleges do not pay student-athletes. And if that asserted justification is unavailing, it is now clear how the NCAA can legally defend its remaining compensation, compensation rules. At the end of the day, it makes no sense that the NCAA has been able to get away with this for so long. It makes no sense. And what I love out of all of this is if five years ago you'd have told me I'd be reveling in something Brett Kavanaugh wrote down, I'd have laughed in your face. But I know many of the traditionalists love that Brett Kavanaugh has a seat on the Supreme Court, and they're now scratching their heads a little bit. Don't lie. I, that's the situation we're in. I, I find it hilarious on that front. But on the other front where my argument that, that I've been screaming since I've been allowed time on a microphone on this station that college football is broken has prevailed in some greater mind. Now, I know a lot of people don't want the Supreme Court to be involved in this at all. And believe me, me too. But the NCAA refuses to move its ass on anything. Do we like we've been talking about NIL for a year and a half now, right? And we've been on the surface of getting this done. And ever since the season ended, like the NCAA has been like, we're going to look at it. And bro, it is almost June. I mean, it is almost July. Like we're almost through June. Like the year is almost halfway over. And by halfway through July, it's going to be SEC spring media or excuse me, SEC media days. And then it's going to be the college football season. You ain't going to do it during the season. When are you going to do it? You just keep kicking the can down the road and we'll figure it out. That's why Congress and why the, the Supreme Court, that's why they're all getting involved. And nobody wants that, but the NCAA won't do anything about their problems. Oh, we'll fix the playoffs, but it'll be two years from now. You could have tried it out last year, guys. You had a six a, a team that won six games in the playoffs last year. They were great. They went to the national championship, deserved to be there, no problem. They played in six football games. What are we doing? What were you gonna say, Mason? It's just it's it's like they it's like they love to just give these little breadcrumbs to people of like, ah, we're changing, we're fixing it. You know, here's a taste of what we're gonna do. We'll tease it a little bit, but nothing Nothing ever actually changes. Nothing gets done. It's just, it's all BS. And, and now they're finally in a situation where they're being called on it. And, you know, you see how they're reacting. It's not very, it's not very good. But it's, I mean, credit where it's due. They've, they've handled the transfer portal thing very well, I think. And I don't think the transfer portal has completely broken college football either. Uh, I mean, I know we're a month and a half in on that, but. So far, it's made it a lot more exciting, in my opinion. I think it's done well. Like, it, it is a little scary. I get it, because it is basically free agency in college football. But here's the thing. It is survival of the fittest in the transfer portal. You put your name in there. You're in there with a lot of other kids. And if you don't get a school, that's your problem. 
Like I, I'm not gonna feel bad for a dude that undermines himself. I'm sorry. Like I'm not. Like why should I? That that is your decision to make. <laughs> At the end of the, bro, I went to Faulkner University to play football, and nobody told me that was a bad idea. I found that out for myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to screw up. You know, and just and making that one false decision may or may not ruin your entire football career, but it's on you, dog. And at the same time, Alabama, you know, the the the, the cream of the crop. Think about Alabama, o- Ohio State, Clemson. They're losing players, right? They've gained a few. Don't get me wrong. Henry Toto, love him. Can't wait to see him in action. Jameson Williams, love him. Can't wait to see him in action. That's going to be incredible. But it, Alabama also lost like eight players to the transfer portal, okay? Now, they're all depth players. None of them are going to hurt. Keelan Robinson's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, but none of them, on the grander scheme of things, is going to hurt Alabama football in 2021. So it's the same thing. We always look back on the ridiculousness that was, uh, what was it, 2014, the running back room with Derrick Henry and Alti Tenpenny and TJ Yeldon and Alvin Kamara, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. Like, yeah, that was great and all. Uh, it was also the, the, the kid that went to Kansas State and ended up with the Eagles after playing like six total football games in college. I think he was here for a little while too. Uh, uh, what was it, like Braxton something? I don't know. Uh, anyway, like the good ones stay here. Out of all those running backs, the Heisman Trophy winner stayed here. Kenyon Drake, that was the one I was forgetting. I always forget about Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake stayed here. He's he in the NFL. also forgot to mention Justin Fowler. Well, he's a fullback. I'm sorry. He's just one of my favorites. I loved that guy. Why was he your favorite? I don't know. There's just something about it. Just the way he played. Was it, was it maybe because he wore two-tone blue in the Yeah, NFL? I mean, that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. But it was just, even before <laughs> then, like, I was stoked when the Titans got him. It was just, I love fullbacks. You know, it's like the grittiest position on the field, so. D-Hart was another one that I forgot. No, but think about that. Like, D-Hart didn't play in the NFL, and he didn't finish his career at Alabama. Alti Tenpenny didn't play in the NFL, didn't finish his career here. Also, you know, passed away. So, I mean, other circumstances. Uh, but Alvin Kamara was the only one out of that class that left Alabama and still went to the NFL. And he did that in spite of going to a inferior school who did not utilize him correctly, and he fell to the fourth round and became an instant star in the NFL. I, I mean, and then TJ Yeldon went to the NFL. Uh, Kenyon Drake went to the NFL. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league. Like you're not, you're not missing out on the guys that leave. The best ones are going to stay at Alabama. So I don't know what the stress is about. Okay, Kenya, or, 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 excuse me, Keelan Robinson made a decision that is going to be better for him because there's one running back in Texas, one, not six, not seven, not eight, like there are here in Tuscaloosa. You cannot blame him. You absolutely cannot blame him. He is a human being making a decision for himself. So I think the transfer portal has worked out fairly well. NIL, it's on its way. The college football playoff expansion, it's on its way. College football is evolving, guys. It's fast. It's exciting. It may not be perfect right out of the gate, but at least it ain't illegal, or it won't be, in the eyes of antitrust laws. Thanks, Brett Kavanaugh. 
We'll take a break. We'll be back for more Southern Fried Sports here on Side 100.9. From the Town Square Media News Center, Mayor Walt Maddox of Tuscaloosa has issued a water conservation emergency due to damage to a water line. An emergency exists in relation to the city's ability to supply water to customers south of the Black Warrior River. So as of June 20th, all water customers in that area are ordered to begin to take steps to conserve water. To learn more about the mayor's conservation order, go to TuscaloosaThread.com. I'm Captain Ray. The Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 75 days. Until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, windy, and warm this afternoon. With a chance of a shower, thunderstorm, daytime high 86. Showers and thunderstorms likely tonight. Some of those will be strong with an overnight low near 69. Mostly cloudy tomorrow morning, shower, storm possible. Some clearing by afternoon with a high of 79 degrees. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. We're back for more Southern Fried Sports here on Side 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. A reminder, you can always call in on the Peter Brook Chocolatier hotline, 205-342-9904. So the Eastern Conference Finals are set. We'll get to see the Milwaukee Bucks and 11-second free throw shooter Giannis Antetokounmpo. Seriously, I, I heard fans count up to like 13 the other night against the Nets. Like, what's shoot the ball? You're gonna miss anyway, Giannis. Come on, man. I think his best bet would just be to shoot it as soon as he touches it. I mean, just as soon as he gets launch the ball, it. launch it up. Yeah, He's gonna just miss. one hand. Matter. Just he's be got done a better chance it. at rebounding his own miss than he does at making the free throw. I'm seriously like he's that good of an athlete. Like, just just figure out a way to lob it to yourself from the free throw. Is that legal? Can you alley oop yourself on your on your free throw? Uh, as far as I know, if as long as it hits the rim, you're good. Oh, see so that. So he'd have to bounce it off the front of the rim, catch it, and yam it. I'd figure out how to do that. I mean, it's been done in in like a situation where you don't want to give it back, and you you know you need to get the ball back real quick. And say you're down like three, and you're shooting two free throws. You know, right? You bounce it off the front of the rim and get your own rebound and try to put up the two to tie it. I've seen it in games. It's just rare that it actually is successful. You know who else should figure out a way to to find unique and 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 fun ways to put the ball through the hoop? Ben Simmons. <laughs> Good. Ness. Bro, if, if if the Sixers if the Sixers weren't playing four on five, they'd have handled the Hawks. <laughs> but they were playing four on five through seven games. I mean you the Phillies ha, Phillies, the, the Philadelphia 76ers absolutely 
have got to unload Ben Simmons from their team, and there is zero chance they're going to be able to do it. You just you cannot succeed in the modern NBA when you cannot score. Uh, you you that is a necessity. You have to be able to score the basketball, and he just can't do it. You think if because they're not going to be able to turn him in for an elite player. I don't know what they would get for him. Yeah, yeah the benefit of of offloading him is not having to pay his his salary. Do you think they would like package him with with the first round pick and a second round pick down the road and say just take him? It's going to be tough. I it really is. I think it's going to be really hard to pawn Ben Simmons off on I somebody. Mean, goodness. Uh, I don't. I yeah. You you want to pay a point guard that can't score, and uh, what? <laughs> wow. It's still. It's going to be exciting to see the uh, the Hawks and the Bucks in the East. The West is shaping up to be pretty fun too. We got the Clippers and the Suns. I'm excited for the the way that the NBA season is coming to a close. Uh, we've got some new blood. On, on on every quadrant of, yeah, of the conference. Exciting. So I, what I want, selfishly, is the Suns and the Hawks just because the NBA has never been kind to its its smaller market teams. I know Atlanta is one of the fastest rising markets in, in the country. I, I, I understand that. But, you know, the Hawks have never been particularly great uh, outside of a few years very early on in their existence. The Suns have never been great outside of the Steve Nash years. So it, it, it's going to be fun you know, if that ends up being the matchup, but at the same time, the Clippers are long overdue. I mean, long overdue. Uh, the fact that this is the first time they're even in the Western Conference Finals is mind-boggling. Bo- uh, but it's going to be very difficult to do it if uh, if if Kawhi Leonard can't go at all. I know he's dealing with an injury because you can't you can't expect Paul George to do. Uh, you know, the the. The, the ridiculous feats that he was able to pull off in in some of the latter games of I the mean, semis. Yeah, Paul George is good, but like uh, we all know get, he's Paul George, you know. Right, you, you're not getting that <laughs> yeah. four times. You, you can get it twice, and you can be happy with it, and the rest of the time he'll play his role. I don't think Paul George will ever, like, kick you out of the playoffs, you know, with his play. Like, he's not going to be, like, horrendous like Ben Simmons. But he, you're not going to get that ridiculously elite Paul George, but maybe two times. Yeah, he's just he's not really that player anymore. He was for a brief stint there in Indiana. You know, he was kind of that superstar of caliber guy. But didn't get out soon enough. He, yeah, he's just not really that dude anymore. You know, he's yeah. he's he's like if you if Kawhi, LeBron, KD, you know, if those guys are tier A, Paul George is like tier B. Right. No doubt. But but speaking of the NBA, you know, we're, we're always going to find a way to turn it around. But speaking of the NBA, it looks like Alabama is losing three to the NBA draft this year. Uh, Of course, with the seniors in Herb Jones and John Petty, uh, but Joshua Primo is getting first-round recognition. He is going to be at the NBA Combine, which is starting today, by the way, in Chicago, Illinois, which, again, as I mentioned at the top of Gary's show, they dealt with a tornado uh, last night, so, you know, Keep your thoughts on that as well. Uh, but Jaden Shackelford wasn't invited to the Combine. 69 participants, he was not one of them. So 
it sh- should be fairly obvious Jaden Shackelford will be back, which I'm excited for. Shaq's one of my favorite players on Alabama's team. He is an incredible three-point shooter. Uh, he gets hot at just the right times, it always feels like. Uh, I, I honestly think that he deserves more opportunities, and he's going to get that this year. Uh, we know all the hype surrounding Primo. He could go as high as the mid-20s, might be at the top of the second round, who knows, but uh, the league loves what he's got going on, as does uh, the NBA draft uh, community, scouting community. But as far as Petty and Jones, uh, you know, it's nothing to, to shake your head at. It, it's hard to be drafted in the NBA. There's only two rounds. But with Petty and, and Jones, I mean, what's missing from these guys? To I, I know with Petty, it might be a mixture of inconsistency, but I would think with 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 Herb that it would he would be more of a high second round pick. I think with Herb, it's just the the lack of scoring production. I mean, obviously his last year at Alabama, he kind of picked it up and you know showed a little bit more that he can score, but. He never really was the guy to go out and get a bucket when you need it necessarily. He was more of the defensive presence, which, like we talked about with Ben Simmons, you know, you can't lead a team on defense alone, which I, I think Herb, either he's going to have to improve his offensive game significantly to find a pretty big-time role, or he's just going to be a you know a kind of role player where he can provide some good defense off the bench for somebody. Yeah, reading these uh, some of these draft notes, it has a lot to do with uh, his three-point shooting. I wonder, is... Is his size a concern at all at 6'8", 210, as far as finding a spot for him that, that consistently works? I mean, I don't necessarily think so. I think kind of the NBA is moving towards that, just getting five guys that are really long and athletic on the court. You know, you see a lot of it with there's not really a true center anymore. You know, you just kind of have a tall, athletic, long, you know, freak out there. But I don't know if his, his size necessarily would be something concerned about. I think, like you said, the three-point shooting is probably what more teams are looking at as a concern because – it's just the volume of three-point shooting was not that high at Alabama. He didn't really make many of the ones that he took. Man, I don't know if he's uh, if he's ever going to be like an all-star or anything like that. I mean, that that's that's lofty. That's that's very difficult to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, whoever drafts him is going to love him. Simply because I mean, you need guys that play defense like there is no friggin' tomorrow and are aware of what's going on at all times. Like he can develop as a shooter. He's done that all all four years at Alabama. Yeah, he got better every year at Alabama. And hell, one at one point, this man was shooting and making free throws with one hand. Like he will overcome. He's got that type of playmaker's mentality in him. Uh, and I mean, he's a good athlete who can get it done. I I have high hopes for for Herb, and I think there's you know whoever gets him is going to be pleasantly surprised with what he can bring to the table. Now, on the other hand, John Petty, if he can be elite John Petty all the time, he'd be an all-pro. I totally agree. No doubt. He is that good. Like, we still saw it for the most part this past season where he was the leader. He wasn't disappointing near as often as he had been in years past. But even with him being slightly more consistent uh, in his shooting, what else has to click for for John Petty to to really make it in the NBA and not just be another afterthought? I think uh, a little bit more on the defensive side. He's got to pick it up some. We saw a little. We saw definitely a couple times last year where he was a bit of a liability on defense in some spots, you know. But I think again, it really just comes down to his consistency because even in his last year at Alabama, where he did find a lot more consistency, he was still liable to go out and 
you know, just kind of wet the bed on a given night and he'd miss seven or eight threes. And it was just kind of like you never really knew what you were going to get out of him. And I think if he can find the consistency to where he can be a guy that can go out on a given night and make half his threes, then he's fine. He'll find a role in the league. But he just has to find some kind of consistency. <laughs> so I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at NBADraftRoom.com, which is the first hit on Google. Like, you know, I've seen them around. They're 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 well respected. Uh, the small forward rankings in the NBA draft. Herb Jones stands at ten. Relative to Herb Jones, where do you think Trenton Wofford sits? Out of twenty. Fifteen to eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, how the mighty have crashed and burned. I think Trenton Watford probably should have wished Herb Jones a happy Father's Day yesterday. <laughs> You know who else LSU player should have wished a happy birthday to Alabama player? Derek Stingley Jr. should wish Devontae Smith a happy Father's Day as well. I think maybe Coach O should have sent the card over to Nick Saban, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show Daddy some respect, you know. And apologize for that one time <laughs> in the locker room where I said that thing that I knew was bad. <laughs> Saban had to come to town show him who's boss. <laughs> We'll take a break. We'll come back for more Southern Fried Sports here on Tide 100.9. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Brett Kavanaugh strutting around the Supreme Court listening to this on blast, right? Y'all want to know Brett, another Brett Kavanaugh quote from today? The bottom line is that the NCAA and its members are suppressing suppressing the pay of student-athletes who collectively generate billions of dollars in revenues for colleges every year. Those enormous sums of money flow to seemingly everyone except the student-athletes. In other words, the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Holy capitalism. I mean, in what other world? In what other world? In what other America do you do work and not be compensated for it? Like, I get it. I get it. Scholarships have value. I understand that. Let me tell you, I got all of about $4,000 in scholarships over my eight-year college career and a lot of money in grants. A lot of money in grants. And let me tell you, I'm thankful for every cent I still have over $50,000 in student loans, and I am crushing under the weight <laughs> of this structure. But nonetheless, 
it don't mean a hill of beans when the reason you are a, a student at said university is because of your abilities to play a sport that brings revenue back to the NCAA as well as the university you attend. Come on. I just, uh, I think the only argument to me that ever needs to be made is just that a regular student has the option to go out and work a job outside of going to school. A regular student can have a TikTok, An athlete get famous, and make does money not have that option. So they need to get paid for what they do. I mean, <laughs> you that's the only thing that needs to be said is regular students have the opportunity, so why can't the athletes? Not, not even just a regular student, but a scholarship student. A, schol- a, a student that got to said university based off of their intelligence, which led to a full-ride scholarship that is equal in many ways to what a student athlete gets in regards to everything with the exception of the athletic wear and the dining hall. In reality, you get nearly every single benefit in in the same way if you're a intellectually scholarship student at any of these universities that that pay big or or excuse me, that have big time college football programs. So why should that engineering student, which is always the example because those guys are so smart. Well, also at Alabama, you know, if you're an engineering student, you get to stay in the football dorm. You get to stay in the Bryant dorm with right. all the other football players. So you, you know, basically you, got almost You're living like every a football amenity. player if you're there and it, being an engineering student on scholarship. You're, you're, you're living in the same place as the football. I mean, you are getting the same thing. But when that engineering student gets done with classes, he can either A, sit on the scholarship money and just chill out. You know, you deserve a break. <laughs> that stuff's hard. Or he can get started on, you know, actually working a job. Yeah, he doesn't get, have to go to practice for the next six hours. Get a paid internship, you know, whereas basically the football player that's three doors down, he's got to go to practice, which is basically an unpaid internship. And it, there's nothing wrong with un- unpaid internships. Uh, yours truly started there. Mason is an unpaid intern. Uh, you know, and none of us like unpaid internships, but it's just kind of the way things are. It's not illegal. So, but you know what? I can work a part-time job outside of this unpaid internship that actually pays me. Right. Exactly. Makes up for it. Like there's always a circumventing yeah, option, I have that, that, option that works. As a non-athlete. And that's what you do. <laughs> I, like that's how simple it is. But, but here's the crazy idea is like for, for a hundred, for over a hundred years, this has been the reality. And yet, I mean, and I understand that there's a union involved in this and it, and it, it plays its part, but like you can turn on Madden NFL and you can play as Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes got paid to be in the game that he didn't have any say so of whether or not he's going to be in except for being a part of the players union. Mahomes got a paycheck for you buying Madden (laughs) and not even the one that he's on the cover of (laughs) like that's like we've gotten to that point where it's it's just asinine to me personally my opinion and I understand a lot of the traditionalist opinions some of them have merit not all of them but some of them do have merit and I respect those opinions when when they actually come from a sense of logic but at the end of the day, like, you can't ask for capitalism one hand and throw communism in the other or socialism in the other. Like, I still stand today. What Georgia's solution for 
NIL is the most socialist thing I've ever heard of. And I've heard a lot of Bernie Sanders speeches. Like, the most socialist thing I've ever heard of. Take away from the, the most prominent player and spread his wealth to the remainder of the football team. Are you serious? This isn't about fair fairness. This is about guys getting what they're owed, girls getting what they're owed. It's that simple. And it is that simple. 205-342-9904. I brought up Madden because Mason and I are going to discuss Madden because why not? It's football. It's the offseason. And who doesn't love Madden? Like, everybody loves Madden, right? Uh, so for all those that don't know, uh, you know, a lot of us millennials play video games a lot. And uh, when it comes down to it, we've been playing Madden for a long time. I don't know about you. My first Madden was Madden 2005. Ray Lewis on the cover. The hit stick was introduced. It was a lot of fun, man. That was man. the first one I ever played. It's a good Madden. It was good. Right? Very good. Good Madden. How many good Maddens you played since? Two? Um, 08 was great. I loved 08. Did you play 08 next gen or? No, I had it on my PlayStation 2. Okay, I'm trying to. I think I played it on Xbox. Yeah. I had it on the PS2, and I I only I loved it because Vince Young was on the cover. Of know? course, naturally. But it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, other than that, I could not tell you the last like really enjoyable Madden. Madden 10 was good. Okay, I don't even think I played that one. And I think Madden 13 was good. Okay. And I agree, Madden 08 was good. 09 was was okay. But yeah, that that's kind of what we've been dealing with in the gaming community. Is, is bad football games because we haven't had NCAA 14 in a long, long time. So when we come back on the other side, Mason and I are going to break down Madden because uh, we're young bucks. We like video games, and why not? It's football related. We can talk about which which Alabama players we like to play as in uh, in Madden as well, and why I freak out and play Ultimate Team at the exact same time every single year because of Alabama football. <laughs> All that more right here, Southern Fried Sports, Tide 100.9. From the Town Square Media News Center, Mayor Walt Maddox of Tuscaloosa has issued a water conservation emergency due to damage to a water line. An emergency exists in relation to the city's ability to supply water to customers south of the Black Warrior River. So as of June 20th, all water customers in that area are ordered to begin to take steps to conserve water. To learn more about the mayor's conservation order, go to TuscaloosaThread.com. I'm Cap. Um. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, windy, and warm this afternoon. Chance of shower, thunderstorms, daytime high 86. Showers and thunderstorms likely tonight. Some of those will be strong with an overnight low near 69. Mostly cloudy tomorrow morning, shower, storm possible. Some clearing by afternoon with a high of 79 degrees. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Mason, tomorrow I am going to get a tattoo. Legitimately. Like, I've, I've got it scheduled. I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to ask for an addition. And it's going to say the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. Because that is the best sentence I have read all year. I want it tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> right. I need 
good grief. I love that so much. And you know what you could love if you download that Tide 100.9 app is this uh, free Orca cooler that we're giving away. It's 20 quarts. It's going to be filled with Pepsi. It's worth $250. It's got a big Alabama logo plastered on the side of it. It's white and crimson, and it's beautiful, and we're giving it away on July 2nd. All you got to do is listen every single day to this here station on the Tide 100.9 app if you so choose and enter the code words that are given out every single day, Monday through Friday, that is, at 3 p.m. You submit the, the code word on the app, and you are entered into the drawing uh, that will take place July 2nd, and you can come to the studio and pick it up, and we'll give it to you slap full of Pepsi and Buffalo Rock products. So uh, take advantage of that, and just download Tide 100.9 app because it's your best friend as a Crimson Tide fan. News, articles, podcasts, live radio, you name it, we got it on there. Mason, we got a minute and a half to talk about Madden. We really don't even have that long. First of all, when it comes down to it, do you think that that the freakout that happened last year with Madden 21 with the fixed franchise mode is not only going to help franchise because it's pretty obvious that that it's already done that. It's overhauled by everything that I've seen so far, and we're going to get more information throughout the week. Do you think that was enough to not only just fix franchise mode, but to fix many of the larger issues in the game overall? I'd like to say yes, but this is so. <laughs> this is EA. We know what EA does. You know, we know that they're going to give us one thing to kind of you know shut everybody up and be like, whoa, you know, we at least fixed franchise mode. But I guarantee you, if I boot up Madden 22, it's going to be the same buggy experience <laughs> that it is in Madden 21. I'm going to still have you know people kicking fumbles down the field 25 yards, unable to pick up a loose ball. I'm going to have receivers just dropping passes that hit them right in the hands it's it's gonna be the same i'm <laughs> i've never had any of those wild bugs happen i get those a lot really when I play interesting i've never ever had any of those weird bugs happen to me ever if i accidentally press two buttons at the same time i fumbled the ball bro like i can't <laughs> i can't succeed when it comes to bad 22 hey i'm gonna be filling in for travis ryer all week uh, tomorrow we're going to have uh, Joey Blackwell on the show on Thursday. We're going to have Tyler Martin. Both of those guys from Bama Central will have AJ Spur later in the week as well. We got a lot of fun planned for the rest of the week. So from 11 to noon, join us right here on Southern Pride Sports. I'm Jacob Harrison, host of Off the Edge Saturday morning showdown right here on Tide 100.9 saying have a great rest of your day, everybody.